ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. Another week, another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two amazing co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. And Kyle, I know your answer this week for sure, but how are you doing? Um, I'm excited to talk sports. Let's put it that way. <laughs> had, an, had an alarm malfunction this morning, I heard. So that's uh, glad, uh, glad you made it. <laughs> yeah, just apparently didn't want to go off, didn't want to wake me up. So um, yeah. That's okay. technology telling you to sleep, sleep Pretty in, much. take a rest. Pretty much. And the beautiful tones of Irfan Manji. How are you doing, bud? Uh, well, I didn't think I was going to make today's episode, but I'm here. So excited. Yeah. At one point I was really concerned. I was the only one sitting on the call. No one was joining me. It was very, very concerning, but glad you're both here. Um, this week was an interesting week in sports. Not a whole lot of big news i would say uh obviously nfl keeps going on in champions league but not a whole lot of big news but we got a, we got a few things to talk about so let's get right into it with our kickoff segment sponsored by canada kicking academy calling all kickers and punters in the southern ontario region if you are looking for a year-round professional development with elite competition you need to train with the canada kicking academy the ferrar brothers daniel and gabe are both university of guelph alumni and after illustrious university careers they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years if you want to take your special teams game to the next level you need to train with the canada kicking academy visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on instagram at canada kicking academy and boys today we're going to start in the sport that we probably talk about the least honestly <laughs> not not on purpose it just first of all this year has been really messed up but we're gonna talk some nba and last week we didn't talk about the big trade that went down between the rockets and the wizards where john wall and a first round pick we're headed to Houston for Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised. I think the Rockets won this deal regardless. I think Westbrook might be the better player right now because John Wall's coming off of injury and there's a lot of question marks with John Wall. Although, I mean, he did look good last night in preseason, but it's preseason. You really don't know how that's going to translate into the regular season. But getting a first-round pick and John Wall, who has the potential to be a top point guard in the league, you have to say Houston won this deal, right, Kyle? Yeah, to be honest, I, I my initial thought was Houston won the deal. Like, the landslide wasn't even close um, with how Westbrook was um, previously and, and with how the potential of John Wall still being who he was. Um, yeah, he's had a lot of injuries and so on and so forth hasn't really been himself recently, but he's had almost like a pretty much almost a year and a half to fully get healthy now. Exactly. So um, I, I, I love the deal for Houston. I think it, it makes it great. Obviously the whole contingency right now is on if James Arden still stays there. That's the biggest thing. And we'll get into that. So, don't worry. <laughs> um, but coming from the other side, 
I do like the combination of Beal and Westbrook. I, I, I do like that combination, and I think it's definitely one of the better backcourts in, in the league. So um, I do believe Houston wins the trade purely because, you know, the potential of the combo of Harden and Wall, um, seeing, seeing as that first-round pick is heavily protected, and it really is more like a 20s pick, so it's not – a first round pick addition, still, but it's addition. First round pick is a first round pick still, and they got both. Yeah. They got John Wall and a first for Russell Westbrook. So. Even if Wall is not the number one point guard that people have seen in the past, even if he drops down to that second tier of point point guards, like you still have to think it's a good trade for the Rockets, right, Rufon? Yeah, agreed. I mean, the Rockets, a they got a first round pick. They are saving about a hundred thousand dollars because of the contract. If they want to not have them in a couple of years. Um, and he's okay with not wanting the ball as much. So, I mean, whereas Westbrook wanted more touches and uh, was taken away from Harden. So, I mean, this works out in Harden's favor and also the Rockets' favor because, I mean, he's okay being second string or he's okay being the second tier of point guards, like you said, because he doesn't need to dictate play because they already have someone who will control the entire game and take like 60 shots if he wants to, right? Um, So... I think the Rockets pull out someone who's okay with fitting into the mold that's already been there and rather than trying to steal away from their star. Uh, whereas, Kyle, you mentioned that Beal and Westbrook's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to add a little fold to the East. Um, it's going to give those second-tier East teams some trouble because now you have someone who's capable of getting a triple-double almost every night, plus Bradley Beal, who's a star. So I think it, it gives the the Wizards a bit more dynamics i think i think they'll start challenging like the pacers and the the sixers because we don't know what we're going to get from the sixers and i think they're going to start trying to go for a fourth fourth place finish or something around that edge i think that's what that's what happens in the in in the east because you don't know who's really going to win because we don't know what the raptors will be they'll be good but we don't know if they're going to be consistent um without you know, we talked about it last week with their two stars not being there, two important players. So the East is open with this trade, I think. And someone who's healthy and being able to record points, that's what the Wizards wanted. And they didn't get that out for John Wall the last two years, obviously for injuries. But yeah. uh, I think I think the Rockets win this one because it spreads it out for them. And I think the Wizards also get a little bonus in this one because uh, they're competitive now. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't. we shouldn't be talking about who winners and losers of the trade necessarily because I think both teams actually benefit. And I think you guys nailed it on the head. I think Wall with Harden is a better combination than Westbrook and Harden just because Wall doesn't need the ball in his hands to make things happen, whereas I think Harden probably does need the ball in his hands a little bit more to make things happen. So it almost becomes the shooting guard runs the, runs the offense with the point guard opening up and cutting and sh- – based off what we saw yesterday in preseason, John Wall looks explosive. Like the the time off gave him a lot of time to recoup and get everything right. He looked explosive yesterday in that matchup. Um, and then on the flip side, I think the Wizards get two players who can control the ball and don't need to be on the court at the same time. But if they are on the court at the same time, I think it could be very interesting to see how they space out Beal and Westbrook as well. So I think both teams probably got better chemistry wise in this deal so i think they probably both won mm-hmm. um the rockets though have a little bit more interesting of a off season moving forward as this james harden saga i'm i'm sorry i'm really really tired of it at this point i think he's being an absolute prima donna and nba players have been getting more and more control about how they handle things and i think that's a problem in and of itself 
But let's go back to the beginning of this James Harden saga. First, he doesn't report to camp when everyone else does. A mess in and of itself, especially because he was in Houston. He just didn't report to camp. And then he says, oh, yeah, I'm going to report to camp. Everything's, everything's all fine and dandy. And then he makes them trade for John Wall. Still hasn't reported at this point, but he gets to trade for John Wall. He's like, all right, perfect. And then he says he wants a trade. And then he goes out partying. And then he expands his trade, hit the number of teams that he can get traded to. Like, this is a mess, Irfan. Why is Why are they allowing this to happen? Um, like you said, the NBA is more about your superstars making a decision for you. Look at what Kyrie and KD did. They teamed up and they talked about it. You go back to the the big three era. Yeah, but they of... were free agents, though. No, I know I get that, but like we're talking about control of players and how they're able to dictate the market, dictate the players, dictate what comes in, and dictate when they leave. And I mean, we talk, we look at Leonard, Kawhi, uh, LeBron's done it. Um, Harden's doing what everyone else has been doing. I think he's just following a trend. And when you're a superstar at a club or a team for such a long time, you think you have immunity to make decisions, which is fine. Like, I think if you're a superstar on your team and you're the guy bringing in the bucks and you're the guy that's bringing in the fans, sure. But I think he's taking advantage of it because, you know, he lost Chris Paul because that wasn't working out, right? It wasn't, Um, no. No. Uh, And then... He he got Westbrook in because he wanted to play with his buddy. Now he doesn't want to play with them. And now John Wall's in because he thinks John Wall's a better player. So that's three point guards or three very talented, high caliber players that have come into the door. And and I wouldn't be surprised if John Wall's out by next year if if if, uh, if Harden's is still there. But he um, wanted to I, play with Wall, and the thing is, they haven't even played together, and Harden's already trying to get traded out. Like it's a mess. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Like I mean, he why does he want wanna... to play with the guy that he just forced to trade for? <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. He's being a pre Madonna. He's just being like, maybe he wants more money. Like he's already making 40 plus, right? Like he's yeah. making so much money now. So, all right, you're making a trade to the Sixers, for example. All right, there's a trade. Leave. Like I, if I'm, if I'm, you know, Houston management, be like, all right, we got a new point guard. We'll let, we'll run the team around him and we'll bring in better pieces because whatever we get in the trade will actually be better for us going forward. So if I'm the Rockets, I say make the trade. Uh, get rid of them. I don't think they have time for them anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm just tired of it. And Kyle, I don't know. Are you are you putting up with this anymore? If you're the Houston Rockets, or are you tired of it like I am? No, for a lack of better words, he's a baby back bitch. So, um, basically, my my rationale behind this is I don't think he wants to face LeBron in the playoffs anymore. I think he wants to try and go to the East and try and get it. What he's only faced him two times. I know, but. Actually, he's only faced them once because they didn't. Houston, Lakers didn't make Houston has had no play, no luck in the playoffs the last God knows how long. Yeah, and but, and I think I think moving to the East, and I think that's why he wants to go to Brooklyn, Miami, Milwaukee, because you add him to those teams. And I don't really think there's any competition comparatively in that in that. Well, okay, com- but here's the, here's the problem. With the, here's the problem with the Brooklyn trade, though, is that if he goes to Brooklyn. Houston is taking Kyrie or Durant back. They said that's the only way they make that trade with Brooklyn. So you're yeah. you're subtracting from the team that you want to go to. No, I know Milwaukee's I, different. Yeah. I know that. But yeah, like it's it's one of those in the Brooklyn trade. Sure, I get that, but that that's Houston's demands. That's in in Harden's eyes, he creates a big three, but Brooklyn doesn't have the pieces to send back. That's even worth it. So. No. If they do that, then they'll do the the Kevin Garnett. 
Paul Pierce thing where they sold their future for five years. Um, like that would be, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, don't be surprised if the Nets do that. Cause I mean, they've done it before it didn't work out and they said they wouldn't do it again. So, um, but if it does happen, I think that would, that's what they would do. The four teams on his trade list are the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Miami Heat. You know what all those have in common? They're contenders. They're all Eastern Conference teams and not in the West. And contenders in the East. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm aware of that. But like if you're looking at those four teams, if I'm Miami, I don't want him. No. I, I don't different... think he fits the Miami play style. I don't think he fits the Miami mold right now. I just mm. I wouldn't bring him in. Jimmy Butler would not put up with him. And then we'd have issues there and Miami would implode. Yeah. So I think that I think Miami should just count themselves out. Even if he still wants to go there, I would say Miami's probably out of this one, personally. Mm. Milwaukee probably is the best fit for him. I'd argue the 76ers as well. But the, my saying. concern my concern is the 76ers is that if he, they try to make a deal with them, Houston's going to try to get Simmons. Or but Simmons right? can't shoot the damn ball, so say, go for it. I'm going to say, if I'm Philly, I'm saying no problem, bye. Yeah. To Simmons? Yeah, yeah. 100%. The guy can't shoot. He's good with like, the ball. He can't shoot. Simmons has all the potential in the world, but if you are a point guard and you can't shoot a three-pointer, you're not a point guard, and you should not be running. And it's one of those, you know, as a shooting guard, even should you still be shooting three pointers? Yeah, like that's the whole ben, point of a shooting guard, really. Ben Simmons is like a modified non-stretch non power forward. He's a power he's forward. Danny Green. He's Danny control. Green, better with the ball. He's Blake Griffin. With no, no, no. Like Danny Green can shoot. Not in the last two playoffs, guys. Like okay. he. Danny hasn't Green's been. also what thirty-five now. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Danny Green could shoot most of his career. But no. so going back to that, Simmons can't. Miami or Milwaukee doesn't fit because they just brought in um, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday to go with Giannis, and I don't think there's enough ball there between the two of those. Well, you'd have to move Holiday. Holiday would be moved. But Holiday, you just acquired Holiday. You can't move him yet. Isn't isn't there some sort of trade window that you can't trade him? Probably. In? Yeah. I don't know, but this season's all messed up, so that could yeah. be that could be screwed up as well. So, but to me, if you just acquired Holiday to try and keep Giannis for next year, you're not going to then just flip. Hold Holiday. on, do you think Harden, Holiday? <laughs> if they're going to try to keep Giannis, if, I, if I'm Giannis, I'd rather Holiday right now. Because if Harden comes in, Giannis doesn't get the ball, and we're talking about two MVP candidates who both demand the ball the entire game. I think the, the problem with Milwaukee is that they've been pushing the ball to Giannis too much the last couple of years. So adding someone who can well, play. I'm not no saying I'm not saying Harden, yeah. but someone well, who the, can take some no, touches. Drew Holiday's younger. Game. I think he's he's more he'll have that edge that I don't think Milwaukee's had. Um, I just also, don't think he fits in any of those four systems. Uh, the only one is Philly. Like that's the only one I would make a trade because you're you're gonna get a superstar in Simmons going the other way, and I think that would be worth it and then maybe turn Simmons into a power four that learns to shoot and then have John Wall uh John Wall have the ball. Like this just yeah. would yeah. probably fit the best. I mean I mean and Doc's a good coach so I think Doc would be able to split it be- like MB doesn't need the ball no. um it, unless he's in the paint. So to be fair that might work out the best out of the four teams that you mentioned yeah, it would fair. work out the best because you wouldn't be selling so much of the farm either. That's fair. 
Yeah, like realistically, Philly makes the most sense and has the pieces to do it. Milwaukee doesn't have any pieces. Milwaukee to trade has no pieces. I know because they because they just acquired Drew Holiday and all the pieces they, they sent out are basically what at least the minimum of what Houston would require. So, um, I, I do think Philly is probably the one to go. And I don't I don't even know if he play for power forward. I think he might go small forward because they just got Christian Wood to yeah, in free agency. Say, I so think he goes small. Um, putting him as small forward there with with Wall Wood. Um, Reza, I think, be, I think could be a, I think could be a great combination too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, other news out of the Western Conference as well, since we're on the Western Conference train right now. Uh, Paul George re up for four years in Clipperland. What does this mean for the next few years uh, in the West, there, Kyle? Not a whole lot, to be honest. Clippers are still behind the Lakers. Um, to be honest, he. He wasn't good last year. Let's put it that way. Like oh, he was good uh, in the regular season. He was not good in the yeah the regular season. season. Sure, he was productive, but he was injured half the time. Like exactly. he only played like uh, forty eight games, I think, or something like that. Um, and yeah, obviously, when when you can't perform in the postseason and your team loses it because of that, there's a problem. Um, hundred percent. And, and I I don't I don't think it's the whole. Oh well, it's first year between me and Ka- Kawhi. It's 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 chemistry. It's like all that kind of stuff. It's like no, I just don't think you guys fit together really. I think they just. Uh, to be fair, I think they just collapsed in the playoffs this year. Mm. Like Denver, Denver was down and out and managed to pull that series out. Like I, I get what the Clippers are doing because there's a chance that Kawhi leaves after this year too. But Kawhi back to of, Toronto. That's a lot. That's a lot of money for Paul George to be a two option like i wouldn't even call him a 1b option right now it's no, Kawhi by himself and he's a two option so that's a lot of money to give to him um and hopefully he bounces back and makes it worth it but i mean like the guy averaged 21 and a half points last year in the regular season on 44 percent shooting if he can get back to that he's a productive piece for that clippers team Murfon, what are your thoughts on this well when he signed he said he owed the city of LA Clippers a I think he owed cha- every NBA fan who watched that playoffs uh, well yeah he owed them a championship so. but I don't I think I think since he's left the Pacers he hasn't been the Paul George that you look at and say he's gonna come up he's gonna show up in the regular season and he's gonna show up in the playoffs it's it's just not gonna happen we're not gonna know what we're gonna get from him and I think that's unfortunate because yeah it's injuries have derailed him but he's also played for his third team in the last X amount of years, right? So I think for him, it's good because he's going to have a home for the next four years and it stops him from moving around and trying to refine his chemistry. Um, and if the news coming out of the Clippers locker room is true, that they don't have, there's an issue going on with their stars versus their bench players, um, maybe this fixes it, saying that, you know, we're committed to fixing the problem. We're committed to a better future, but they're still behind the Lakers. And you know what? They're still behind the Golden State Warriors, even without clay yeah it's i don't think that they are shaping up the way the clippers need to be to be a contender in the west right now like i just don't think that roster has enough to contend with the lakers and (laughs) contend with a healthy golden state team right like that they're just not built for that western conference they have they have a new they have a new coach too right with lou but i mean lou also had lebron calling most of the shots and lebron doing what lebron did At times. So I'm not sure if, I mean, Lou is a player's coach. 
So a, I think Kawhi and George will have more say in, in what they want, but that also means that the other players should have more say. Cause I think they have a good bench. Um, so, and let's use it. to be honest, the Clippers, you could argue are the fourth or fifth best team in the West. In the West, oh, right? yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right, you got the Lakers ahead of them. You got Golden State. To me, Denver's ahead of them as an overall team. I like yep. the way that they're built a little bit better. Um, and then you could honestly argue with with Houston now getting Wall and Harden there. You could argue that they're the fourth best team compared to the, the, the Clippers. So, um, it's one of those. I think you could put. I think you could have put the Rockets ahead of the Clippers before the trade. In my opinion. Yeah. I, like, in my opinion. I don't care about you guys. Like, my opinion, I think they could have been ahead of the Clippers before the trade. Now, after the trade, the chemistry will de- de- determine how good they are. But I think they're ahead of the Clippers right now. And that's that's a mess. I'd also, you know what, to, to add fuel to the fire, I'd put the Jazz ahead of them. Um, I like Donovan Mitchell. I like what I they do. have on that team, right? And, I mean, Rudy Gobert was an idiot for what he did earlier in the season. But... I mean, you look at the chemistry of that team and you look at the players wanting to fight for each other. I'd put the Jazz in that fifth hole. I'd even drop the Clippers down to sixth or seventh because what are we going to get from them? Um, they can't choke. They have a good team, but they can't keep choking. Man, could you imagine they've dropped down to six or seven in the Western Conference? People will lose their minds. Well, like, and the fact that Dallas is right there and Phoenix is right there, imagine that they're smoking and them. Phoenix will get better too this year because they got Paul. Yeah. That, that, that West is going to be stupid competitive this year i think and both conferences are going to be competitive the difference is i think the west is more skill whereas the east is going to be competitive because i think there's like a top four or five teams and then everyone else is very very close yeah right? like you looking at the west standings like i think portland drops out for sure because obviously golden state should bounce back from where they were but you don't know because dame could just go on an absolute ridiculous run and carry that team to the playoffs right like that's that's one of those ones that you just don't know yeah even then though phoenix will will hop them anyways i think in my opinion um barring any huge setbacks i think you swap out portland for uh golden state and you could argue phoenix for one of dallas or utah and yep. I think that's pretty much how it's going to still go on for playoffs. So, well, that's ten teams, right? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, ten or eleven teams for competing sure. for eight spots. The West, the West will be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, last NBA topic I want to talk about really, really quickly, boys. Um, Kyrie Irving. He needs to learn to stop talking. By the sounds of it, but um, he's he's made a couple comments. He got fined for his comments earlier in the week, and then after he got fined, he had this. To stay to say about the media, I pray we utilize the fine money for a marginalized communities in need. Good for him. Like that. I'm here for peace, love, and greatness. Good. Stop distracting me and my team and appreciate the art. We move different over here. I do not talk to pawns. My attention is worth more. Basically calling the media pawns. As media members ourselves, boys, because that's what we are. I am I am baffled by the comment calling us calling media members pawns just because I think the media and players need to be need to be sort of connected and I think Kyrie is just trying to put a wedge between himself and the rest of the players because you saw how some of the other players reacted like Kevin Love said it was a sign of disrespect um, and that there was no need for it 
Kyle, what do you think these comments do moving forward for Kyrie when it comes to stories and when it comes to people trying to give him the benefit of the doubt? Do you think anyone does give him the benefit of the doubt moving forward after stuff like this? No chance. Um, to be honest, the only reason Kyrie's doing this is trying to get back into the the news after he's been out of the news for the last year. But he was already um, in the news because the thing is, this is what also is baffling. He is the president of the Players Association. Yes, and, and, and so he already has a voice. Why is no, he doing this? What my my what I'm saying is the Brooklyn Nets and and how bad how they didn't do anything and how right Kyrie had to do everything himself and then it was injured and all that kind of stuff and how he's basically he's trying to be say that his team's going to come back and be all all it can be yeah. and he's trying to drum up news for himself and the Brooklyn Nets together and trying to be relevant again and I don't think they will be obviously with Durant there they're going to be a better team but. I still have a couple teams ahead of them before they can truly take over. Yeah. And the biggest thing is who knows how they're going to play together. So um, I think it's a huge disrespect on, on Kyrie. And I think, um, I think there's a chance that the players could take, um, could take up against Kyrie for what he said, um, especially when it comes to the players association. Like it's just one of those ones. It's not needed, not warranted. Um the media are just there to ask questions. Obviously, the, if there's a story, they're there to ask questions, and Kyrie should understand that, no matter what the the story is. So, and let's let's be fair. Like his first comments were coming out about LeBron James. Well, not really, but saying that he was the best option on every team he's played on, and now that he has Durant, he might not be the best option on the team for the first time in his career. But he, he swore a couple times, which is what got him fined. Um, like. That's throwing shade at a lot of players because he's been on a lot of teams, let's be fair. Um, Irfan, do you think this ends up affecting his standing in the Players Association? Like, again, as I said, he's the president right now. He's the rep right now. Does he lose that spot? He's going to get some heat for it. Um, We talked about a prima donna earlier in the show with James Harden. I think Kyrie falls under prima donna status. Um, I think he's complained and complained and complained his way through three teams now. Um, you look at the Cavs, um, and he was complaining about that. And I'm sorry, but James, Hart, uh, sorry, LeBron James is the best generation of player we've seen in a very, very long time. I'm sorry, but he is a he's in his own world. Um, and then he was in Boston, where it was a collective team effort, and he also didn't stay and didn't stick around. And now he was with the Nets last year, whereas he thought he led the team. But to be fair, the rest of that roster was very good. Um, there were nights where Kyrie didn't show up or when Kyrie wasn't passing the ball, the rest of the guys were playing good defense. So um, I think it's, he's going to take a knock in the standings as a president, but like every president's going to have an issue, right? So um, it's just depends on if the players still want him there after his comments. Cause I mean, I still think he has, like you read that post of his where the first three lines were perfect because that's what you want from a leader, but it's the pawns that really throws everyone off. Then the week, and then earlier in the week, it's it's calling LeBron and saying Katie's better. Well, okay, Katie is a very good player, so he is entitled to his opinion. But at the same time, he's burning so many bridges the way he's moved through the last five six years. That if I'm a player, I don't want him representing me. But I mean, that's me not wanting him to represent me. So, I guess to answer your question, um, yeah, he's going to get a lot of flack for it. 
a lot of flack for it. And I think the media is going to play a huge role because you're going to call them pawns, watch them be your bishop or your queen, and they're going to make it look good and make them look bad in in the spotlight. So I I think he's just upset that the fact that he's never going to be anything more than a number two option. He was was number number one on Boston. Where did that team go? Where did that team go? Nowhere, because he couldn't do shit. Yeah, but because Kyrie's not a number one player. I agree. I'm I'm not denying that yeah. fact. I'm saying he was the number one option on Boston when he was there. Yeah, but he was number three at the Caps. That's what I'm saying, though. He's he's not I used, a number one. So like, two B, two A situation. No, I put Kevin Love over him. The reason why they brought him in was I agree that Kevin Love should have been over him. I'm just during his time with the Cavs, Kevin Love was injured a lot, so it's hard to say that he was the number two option all the time. So like that, I would say they were two A, two B sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And LeBron I, I, was the clear yeah. number one. I, I think I think he's just upset the fact that the players he's previously played with are having more success than he has had. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he 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 had one good showing in, in the Cavs Cavs win, but um. Even then, it was LeBron was the guy, and it was Kyrie's an afterthought. So yeah, hundred percent. I, I think he's just upset about that. Also, I I did not like the fact that he used a Malcolm X quote before calling people pawns. Like that, that's ballsy. That's twenty twenty. I mean, you. if he takes ballsy. off the pawns comment and that 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 post will have been fine. Like that's uh, the thing. I mean, it was also like part the of- stop. So stop distracting me and my team and appreciate the art. We move different over here. Okay, maybe that part. Right? Really. Like, the first couple lines after the Malcolm X quote was okay, and then he starts saying, like, well, yeah, stop distracting us. It's your fault we're doing shit like this. Like, no. Just show up to media availability. You're the goddamn president of the Players Association. Like, at one point, or for the players, like, at what point do you realize that put your ego on the side, you have to communicate. If you don't want to communicate with anybody, even yeah, media, then let's let's walk away you're done like i hope, I hope they find the shit out of him rather than twenty five thousand dollars sure but if he does anything further make it two hundred fifty thousand. make it five hundred thousand. make it a million dollars like well i don't know i don't know what the max that they can find him is so find him i mean he's, he would be a repeat offender but i don't think it'd go up to a million no but it's one of those like the nba has right. to has to set some sort of precedent and the this players also, association has to who, understand that too don't forget this is also the guy that uh thinks the world is flat so yeah. yeah. So take it with <laughs> take it with the greatest salt when he calls you a pun. That just means you're a queen. Whatever. Um that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can find out more on their um webpage at canadakickingacademy.com or on their Instagram account at Kicking Academy. We're gonna take a quick break here and we will be back with some uh, we got some Champions League talk to finish up. And uh, a rebrand, too, right here on Garage Door Sports. Welcome back. Champions League boys, we now know the last 16. And Irfan, on your touchline thoughts show, you had a very interesting comment about uh, teams dropping out of Champions League into Europa League. I would like to I would like you to share this with Kyle because I thought it was interesting. Um, I was saying that 
so we know that if you finish third or with a good record in third place in the Champions League, you drop down to Europa. Um, I was saying that that should be scrapped only because if you didn't make it in one uh, competition, I don't think you should be allowed to go down to the other competition. And I believe Brady also added to this point saying that, you know, you're a team from Belgium, for example, that has a hard time making it to the Champions League and you're in the Europa and you're having a good campaign or Rangers or Celtic, for example, but Celtic got eliminated, but Rangers, for example, um, like now you have Manchester United dropping in or you have Ajax dropping in, your chances of being a favorite or winning is is probably nullified because like what if you draw United in the first round and Rangers have had a good campaign? And I don't know, I just don't think it's fair for teams that have gone through the grind to get to it even though it's the Europa League so I was saying that there shouldn't be a drop down um, because if there's a drop down then there should be a drop up so teams that have a good record like Spurs for example for ex- they could be promoted to the Champions League or something like that to play so or you think of Sevilla years past I would have been like let them come up to the Champions League they deserve that opportunity so Yo, Sevilla would not want to go to the Champions League because they always win Europa well I'm just saying like <laughs> like hypothetically speaking so I don't think yeah, there should be one. a drop I think if you're eliminated or you didn't finish in the top two positions you're done for the year and I think in United's case I did mention that they need to focus on the league and the the, the domestic championship titles and stuff so um, I'd be okay with them being eliminated from any Europe competition but I mean I also said it could be a minority thinking that well, the biggest thing is, does it make it, does the make, does them dropping down make the Europa League better? Yes. But yes. Not I mean, much. It, of course, <laughs> of yeah. course it brings in the money because Manchester United is there. And when Inter was there last year, Inter was there. Like, I mean, yeah. it puts a big club to the, the, the competition, but I'm just saying if you're a team that's been through the grind and played every game since August, just to qualify, I don't think it's fair for these teams to come in and take a win. No, fair. Uh, but let's get actually into the Champions League conversation. And we now know who our last 16 are. I'm just going to name them off by group. Um, Bayern and Atletico topped Group A. Real Madrid and Borussia Mönchengladbach topped Group B just barely by Mönchengladbach. Actually was tied with Shakhtar, but went through on head-to-head. City, Porto from Group C, Liverpool, Atalanta from Group D, Chelsea, Sevilla, Group E, and handily, I might add, uh, Dortmund and Lazio in Group F, Juventus and Barca, no surprise there in Group G, and then PSG and Red Bull Leipzig went through in Group H, and I mean, the United not making it through is a surprise just because they went into the last day leading the group. But other than United sort of dropping out on the last day, was there any real surprises in the group stage? Uh, Irfan, we'll start with you since you, you know, host a soccer show. <laughs> um, I think the biggest surprise was that Ajax Atalanta game wasn't as close as I thought it would be. Um, yeah, full marks to Atalanta for going through, but I was a little disappointed that Ajax didn't really win that game or didn't really show up. Um, that was my biggest disappointment, but I'm not surprised by anyone else. I think with United losing to Istanbul in match week three, um, I think at that point, um, my hope of them continuing on was kind of diminished because I said, um, I think off air, we spoke about this. I just said, I don't know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. They played well in the first two games and then lose to Istanbul. And I think if they won that game, we wouldn't be worried about them losing the last two. They did something that I, I have never seen in Champions League before. They beat every team in their group and lost every team in their group. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. They managed to pull it off. Yeah. 
cost them. But like you can't lose to Istanbul. No offense, but you can't lose to a team that is no, okay I, at best. I I think honestly, I think they were coming off such a high after destroying Red Bull. Um, you know, coming off that five nothing win and then going into into Istanbul and be like, yeah, we got this, no problem. Like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll take care of this. And then complete letdown, right? So that's um, that's pretty much it. And like, obviously, going over who my surprises were. I honestly, I thought I actually was going to come out of that group rather than Atalanta. Um, that was that was my biggest su- surprise, I guess is what you could say. Um, I don't know if I actually just ran out of steam when it came to to playing them, or if it, it looked like Atalanta kind of just controlled that last game and controlled their own fate is really what it was. Um, because obviously with the draw, they would have went through anyway. So it was Ajax that really had to um, go forward and do stuff, right? So it was, yeah. um, that was probably the biggest surprise on my end. Other than that, I think everything kind of took care of itself. I think Manu was screwed as soon as they lost to Istanbul. I, I didn't think they were going to go through. Uh, no I matter mean, how the, the, only real, the only real thing about the surprise for Man United is the fact that they were leading the group going into the last day because they had the head-to-head with PSG because they were one and one and they technically had the head to head at the time against Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So like they were leading the group going into the last match day. And they just and didn't show up on the last match day. So that's they didn't the show they didn't show up until the end of the match. They were down three nothing in the first 20 minutes. Realistically they could have been down four or five nothing based on how that game went. Well they had a, there was a goal called back too. Yeah. So so like with, with just with how dominant you know, Red, Red Bull was in that game. It's it's one of those like, where did Man, Man you just didn't show up? And they're like, oh, in the second half, yeah, let's make it close. Let's try and get it. Ultimately, they almost had the the equalizer too. But um, it's like, what the hell? It's, yeah, no, exactly, and that's that's the problem. The other surprise for me was sort of just how bad Inter looked. Mm. Uh, not that they necessarily didn't make it out of the group. Like, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to make it out of the group, but just how bad they looked throughout the, the group stage. Like, there's no confidence in that side when they were playing Champions League games. And it's weird because, like, they've had some, a decent run in the Serie A. They're not, they're not killing it in Serie A, but they're just – they look shell-shocked every time they stepped on a pitch in a Champions League match. I don't know about you, Irfan. What did you think about them? It's, it's Antonio Conte effect where they don't do so hot in Europe. Um, but I think in a way, though – um, get them getting eliminated is a, a blessing for them in a in, in a way because they want to win the Serie A title and right now Mil- the, their other half AC Milan is running away with that league and uh, they're playing really good football so I think for Conte and Inter focusing on the Serie A isn't necessarily a bad thing but you're right I think it is a surprise that the, maybe they weren't going to make it out but they finished dead last in the group with only four points like they didn't look good in any of the real games they were outplayed against gladback um they had six Shakhtar. points by the way oh they're six points so they picked up the last okay so last time i checked it was our four or five but um so like i don't know i think a disappointment and if you're an inter fan for europe because they haven't done well in europe since Mourinho um 10 years ago but i think for them in, a, in another thing like i said is a blessing uh, to focus more on the syria because you can't be losing to your crosstown rivals or your stadium share rivals so it's just, it was an interesting, I guess that only just surprised me because it's Inter and I thought they would show a little bit better because the team has been showing well this year. That's a very it, good team. They just didn't show up. Um, 
they also got robbed of a goal because it hit one of their own teammates, but wasn't the Sanchez off the line off of Lukaku. He had his something ball and hit Lukaku or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a mess. But um so now we get to see some possibly interesting matches as the tops in each group will play one of the B squads. Uh, no team can play aside from their same nation. So there's some, there's some possible interesting matchups. Uh, Irfan, is there any that you're really hoping get drawn in the round of 16? Um, nothing really big. Uh, it's one thing I did notice, though, is the group winners, uh, three from Germany, right? No, two from Germany, two from three, Germany from Eng- three, three from England, England and one then, Spain, one Italy, one France. Yeah, so, I mean, German soccer is doing well in Europe, and England soccer minus United is doing well in, in, in Europe there. So that's something that I'll take away from that. But um, I think the biggest matchup that I think would be fun to see is like a Barcelona versus maybe a Liverpool or a City in the first round would be something I would really like to watch or any other team playing Barcelona. But everyone else, I mean, it'd be a decent draw. It, it won't get competitive until the quarterfinals when you can actually play people from your own country. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Barcelona or Atleti, Playing anybody um, minus Real Madrid would be a fun 16 matchup because it would it would bring in a lot of people. I think it'd be fun. It'd be an upset for whoever wins or loses. Uh, Kyle, do you have a match that you would you're like hoping praying for? I think a Barca Bayern matchup would be kind of cool. What you want another eight two game? Uh, potentially, we'll see. At this time they get two legs to make sure it's not eight. Um, but then the the other one I'm kind of interested in four. To... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other one I'd be interested in would be anybody against Sevilla. Because Sevilla showed out and very well could have won that group over Chelsea. And I think they are... Should uh, have won that group over Chelsea, just saying. What? They should have won that group over Chelsea. Oh, right yeah. Um, and it's one of those... It's one of those... Uh, anybody who's going to face them is going to be in tough, I think. I think they're probably... You could argue they are the best number two team aside from Barca maybe because right now I honestly I would probably put them over Red Bull I probably would Red Bull Leipzig yeah and I I honestly other than other than Barca I think they're better than Lazio I think they're better than Atalanta I think they're better than Porto which in Gladbach and even Letico Madrid like I, I don't see anybody above them so it's one of those they're like the I guess you call it the best second seed and i'm interested to see who gets drawn with them yeah that's that's an interesting one and i mean you look at the uh la liga table they're sitting in sixth right now but atletico leading is where aren't they leading aren't they leading exactly So you you go off the domestically, you'd think Atletico would be the number number one, number two seed. Yeah, no, we got that. <laughs> the best runner up. That's a weird way to put that, but yeah, like the, I I think wow. the one that I would really really like to see, and I know it's not going to happen, but like I think it would be really fun to watch a Chelsea Leipzig Group Sixteen match, just because I think those two teams attacking wise are very very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much defense would be played in that matchup. So we could see like an eight, six, uh, 
draw by the end of it. But I think that one would be very fun to watch. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to happen. But Timo Werner going back to his playing against his former club. I think. And there's that stuff like that too. Exactly. So yeah. I think that that could be interesting. And I know as a Chelsea fan, you probably don't want to see Leipzig, but. Um, yeah, no, honestly, I, I, I would actually welcome like a, a, a challenge to be honest. Um, cause I, I would rather them lose out to a good team than yeah. just walk through the bad teams. Then fun, all of a sudden face Bayern in the <laughs> semis or finals and get blown out. Like, yeah, I, I would rather, I'd much rather them go out in this, in, in this round, uh, or even the next round to a Bayern. No, obviously they're not gonna face Bayern, but like. I wouldn't want them to bow out to like a Porto. Yeah. So to me, that would be disappointing as a Chelsea fan. So fair enough. Well, the draw will take place on Monday, December 14th. So we'll have an answer for who's going to be playing who at that point. We're going to take another quick break here after we come back, uh, rebrand in the Canadian Premier League. And we'll finish off with our final thoughts here on Garage Door Sports. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, Nick McVicker, for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcast from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. Welcome back one more time, and boys, the Canadian Premier League has only been around for two years. We already have a completely rebranded team. It's only it's only been around for two years, but we're already we're already changing team names, changing colors, changing logos for the York-based team, formerly York Nine. They are now York United FC. Um, you all, we all saw the rebrand. We saw the new logo. We saw the new. It's technically their away jersey. I found that out because they're going to keep white as their home jersey. Doesn't make sense to me. Um, But I want to start with you, Kyle. What did you make of the team name and the new logo? We'll get to the jersey after. Um, I I think it's some sort of cop-out, to be honest. I I don't understand it. I get that there's a bunch of fans that didn't like the name and all kind of stuff. I understand that. Um, But it just seems so forced almost. Like, it just – they're trying to force it down your throat saying, this is our new name, accept it, like that kind of stuff. It's like one of those – I don't really care for it, to be honest. And and their logo almost seems like it's so overthought. Like there's so many aspects of the logo that they've tried to include. You know, it's like, like obviously they, they put the nine stripes in there for a, a bode to their, their previous name. And um, all of a sudden they have, they have the shield in there for the like Queens York Rangers and the blue is supposed to represent Lake Ontario. It's like, dude, relax. Like just like, there's too much thought going into this. Well, they went from a York-based team, and now they're trying to incorporate all of Toronto, saying that York yeah. was the old name for Toronto. So they're actually a Toronto-based team, even though they're not. They're a, yeah. They are a York-based team, and they should have stuck with that. 
it, it almost seems like they're trying to do too much. Yeah, it, it's 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 one of those. And honestly, I will get into this more. I don't like the color combination. I don't. Yeah, no, but. I, I agree. Uh, Earth on what are your thoughts on the name and the logo for now? We'll get into the jersey. Um, I don't think they needed to change York Nine. I didn't have an issue with it. Um, I think York United sounds very much like every other team in the world. Like you are a United based team, you are whatever base. And I think York City nine stood out. Whatever, yeah. Like I think York nine stood out because it actually stood for the nine municipalities that fell under their stripes or whatever that, that approach was. I liked it. I liked the name. I mean, sure. I'd be okay with the new, new emblem. I like the fact that they've incorporated all these little things, but I don't think I would have changed York United. I would have said York nine and still said that, you know, we're, we're York nine, but we also are a part of the old Toronto. So we might have a little bit of Toronto love coming into us or something like that. But um, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the rebrand. I liked their old name. I would have kept it. It, it made them stand out for sure. Um, York nine just seen York United now just seems blah. Like it seems bland. Like you're just copying every other United based or city based team. Like just, you had something unique. Keep it. It's a, it's a cop out. Yeah. <clears throat> it's almost like Kyle just said that he wants to emphasize his point. <laughs> Sorry. What word was it, Kyle? Uh, um, 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 um. Oh, cop out. Yeah. There we go. One more time for the folks now. Cop out. It's. I don't mind the team name change. Like it, it is what it is. I think keeping York Nine would have been better just because it was, it was unique. And that's one thing about the CPL names for the most part. They're all pretty unique. Like you think about HFX Wanderers instead of Halifax Wanderers. You got Forge FC, right? Like these are not, they're not named after cities. They're not united for the most part. Cavalry FC, right? FC Edmonton is the only one that actually uses like the city name in it and Atletico Ottawa. And that one was determined by their ownership. So then why didn't they name it like Toronto York United or something then? If they want to. That's too wordy. That's why. No, but I'm just saying that if you want to incorporate <laughs> Toronto, like the old Toronto aspect well, of it, then, then why not just go Toronto FC Toronto. or not Toronto FC, Toronto United or something? Like, no, because it will get people confused with TFC. No, they, they had to keep York as the main thing. They had to. Because if they tried to rebrand as Toronto, people in York would have lost their minds. Like the York region would have lost their shit. Pardon my language. They, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been able to support the club like they had the last couple of years and how much they supported the club is up for debate but they had they had the right mentality the last couple of years signing a bunch of young guys from the area to play for the team and then now they're gonna go and become a united with the city of Toronto which just I don't I don't really know if that makes sense like the team name itself York United FC is fine but they should have kept York not the logo Again, it's not a bad logo. As Kyle said, the color scheme doesn't work. They should have kept, had they kept the neon green, I think the colors would have popped more separate, like side by side, as opposed to this Kelly or forest or whatever green you want to call this beside the dark blue. It just doesn't, they don't pop. They kind of blend into each other and you lose that vibrant color that York nine was known for. Like if you win across all the colors in the CPL, Mm-hmm. The one, the two that probably stand out the most are the York Nine Green and the Forge Orange, yep. right? 
Like those are the two colors that stand out. Pacific too. I like. You could say Pacific as well. Yes, but like I don't know. Like in my opinion, those two colors stood out more than any other. So you're taking away what made your logos and your color scheme and your jerseys so iconic, even if they weren't the best jerseys both years. You're taking away that color and putting a more dull two-tone variation of green and blue. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, And let's get into the jerseys now. And they went with, I mean, the jersey is fine as a template. But again, we just said it. The colors don't work, right, Irfan? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't have an issue with the gold. I do like the gold part of it. But um, I think the gold would have looked good with their previous jersey as well. So um, all in all, I, I mean, if we were to give the the rebrand a grade out of ten, I'd give them a five. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really blown out by any of it. Um, just disappointed that they didn't keep what made them popular york nine i mean that stays on my tongue better than york united because when i think of york united i think is this some sort of championship team in england or in the third tier that's what i thought you know there's not a york united team in england there is not well no i'm actually kind of surprised um but that's where my thoughts go like it goes across the pond and i think it takes away um unless we're trying to do a brand where it's like well you know we're so good that we can compete in europe maybe i don't know um but uh, I give him a five out of ten. I wasn't really blown away. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Uh, Kyle, I know you have some pretty strong opinions on this jersey, so I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. Um, I I think they did a terrible job with the green. I think if you kept it lime and if you change the colors to that and you you in, include the lime there instead of the that current Kelly Forest grass or green or whatever the hell you want to call it, um. If you include if you include the lime there instead, I think it definitely makes the jersey pop more. I think it's more of a, a unique color scheme that is representative of themselves. Yes. Um, like as, as, it's it's York green. It's supposed to represent the uh, region. Oh, suck a dick. Um, <laughs> also, I think I think that gold is a terrible gold for this. I think they they could have definitely taken a different shade. And I think it would have made yeah, it. Yeah, here's here's my more. question: If they outlined the the logo in white like the Macron logo in white. It makes it pop more, right? It would, sure. Um, I think it, it's weird to say, but like this nugget gold just to me doesn't fit. It just, it, it doesn't. It doesn't blend well with it, the it, dark yeah, colors. It, it, it just kind of, it kind of sticks out in not a good way. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it one of those. silver, you like, know? Yeah, 100%. Like, you could have gone... Or even something, like, to me, you got to go a little bit more almost, like, metallic type thing mm. if you truly well, wanted you know to stand what? out. Here's the here's the crazy thought. Ready for this? There are four colors. are the York green, the blue, white, and this gold. Why didn't they just make the Macron white? Yeah, you, that would have just stood out. That would have matched the and, colors. And if you want to do the gold, you can do the gold in the white jersey. But, like, on, exactly. this, one, on this one specifically, I, I just... It doesn't look good. Let's put it that way. 100%. Like when I when I first looked at this jersey, I immediately thought Inter Milan. I don't know why, but I thought just, just like the black with the green. Yeah, like it just it just seems like it's one of those like, okay, did they just take their jersey and swap their colors? Like is that what 100%. they did? Like, so yeah. well, it's funny because like you look at. Remember when we were making? I made the bunch of CPL concepts before the league came out. So this was like two years ago now. Yeah, this is the design that I used for york nine but instead of using green and blue i had a black with a gray as this is being their secondary kit yeah 
like this was the design that I used because I thought the nine stripes would would show really nicely in a in a vertical pattern. So I wasn't surprised that they went with this jersey design. It's not a bad design for their team. Right. The problem is, is that the colors just it just doesn't work. Like no. I I am baffled that they went with a dark dark ish green and a dark blue side by side. I mean, I know you and me have worked in a jersey company, Kyle. You have now worked way longer than I did, mm-hmm. but you can't put two dark colors together and expect them to pop. Like they don't, they, they blend together and it ruins the the aesthetic. You need to have a light color outlining them to make it pop. So maybe if they had put white, like thin stripes between the green and the blue, maybe the colors would have come out a little bit more in this Jersey, but because they didn't have anything separating the two colors, you're looking at it and it's, they kind of just blend together and it kind of takes away from the aesthetic. And had they kept the lime green, like think about how much this jersey would have popped if the green was the lime green as opposed to this Kelly green. Like I think it would have been, I think it would have been nicer. Well, you, you do that too, and as you said, like you can't have the two dark colors, but you also have a matted gold on top of that. Yeah, that that it takes away from it even more. Right? If you if you had if you have the two dark colors, it's fine. Like I get that. Yes, they take away from each other. But if you have a white on top of those, it would help both colors pop. Uh, I can and, see that too. I think they're just oh, missed... uh, yeah. Obviously, I and I said from the start, it, like the lime is where they missed out. Yeah. If you have the if you have the blue with the lime, I think that represents who they were and who they are better. Yeah. And then if you wanted the gold on top of that, you could probably get away with the gold with it being lime because it'd be potentially too much of a pop, but. Um, I just I, I think they missed a couple steps here that they could have taken for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Irfan, final thoughts on this? Um, I think if you look at the Leeds United um, away jersey with the dark forest green yeah, and the, they use black as the as the um, as a combination there, I think if there was some sort of black in here. Uh, with the green or even with the blue, I think the, the jersey would have looked better. I mean, it would have copped a little bit of the uh, Leeds look, but Adidas did a good job with that jersey. Like, it works for Leeds because it's, a, I guess, it, like the way that they played the green and the dark colors. But um, like Kyle said, and like you said, I don't think the colors work. So, But, but even then, on the, on the Leeds ones, they accented with white, not gold. Yeah. yeah. The gold accents are on the, on the shoulders. Yeah, from the Adidas. So, like, they, they, I mean, you're also comparing um, who's the manufacturer for Macron Macron versus uh, Adidas, right? So, um, Macron's put out some very interesting kits. They have, they have. I think they're getting a lot more traction, but like, they just, I think they missed on this. I really do. For sure. We'll see another rebrand of jerseys next season. Well, they're also going to have, they, we still have to see their new home kit, right? We don't know Mm -hmm. what their home kit looks like yet. So, they, they could knock the home kit out of the park. We don't know. I think it would be hard, but yeah, I think you can, you can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> After this Jersey. Yeah. You kind of have to hope. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, that'll do it for this week. Let's finish off with our final thoughts. Kyle, we will start with you. Oh God. Um, Sorry. Would you like me to come back to you? No, I'll go. Um, very disappointing out of the champions league with the racist remarks in the Istanbul PSG game. Um, I think, UEFA as a whole right now has a great opportunity to set a precedent and truly leave their mark on what they believe and how racism 
is in their game. Um, I think if they, you know, bring down the hammer on, on this and, and truly show they're not going to stand for it at all, I think it could make a great step towards outing racism in, in the game of soccer itself. Um, I think the fact that he also has not denied that he didn't say it and just says that he's not a racist um, says a lot, says it all. Like that says, says it all. He's not denying he didn't say it. He hundred percent said it and he's not saying he hasn't. He's just saying, Oh, I'm not a racist though. That doesn't, that doesn't make a difference. And in my opinion, um, it's, it's a, it's a gaming quote, but I'm bringing the band hammer down on him and I am, um, I'm not letting him referee again. And I think that's where, to me, I think that's got to be where it is. You can't hand out these, for lack of better words, these bullshit $25,000 fines or $20,000 fines because um, it doesn't stop anything. It doesn't It doesn't help in any way. It's just like, okay, well, here's some money out of your pocket. That's fine. People behind him or whatever like that, obviously we know there's been corruption previously, they'll pay it off somehow. Like that's, it's just how it is. And unless you truly set a precedent, it's just not going to work. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I know we didn't actually talk about it in the show. I didn't want to bring it up again. Cause I know earth one has already had a full, well, like pretty big conversation with Brady this week on the, on his episode. And he's going to talk again with, uh, in an upcoming episode about this as well. Um, quickly or fun, your thoughts about that, what happened and, uh, what they need to do. Um, I think I said this in the podcast as well is like Kyle said, hammer, um, you are done. You cannot referee. It comes down to the players for doing stuff like that. Um, um, 10 games suspension is nothing because they're like a referee's 10 games are spread out over a course of a month or two months. So for them, I, you bring down the hammer and then on top of that, it's sensitivity training. You got to keep drilling it into people that you can't say stuff. Like, why is it that? You have to describe someone based on color, gender, skin, whatever. Um, like, why do you have to say it's this sort of looking person? So I'll use my example. Why does somebody have to say the brown man did this? Why can't they just say there's a guy who did this? Like, why is it? Why is color the first thing that comes into your mind to describe someone? So mm-hmm. yep. I think wiping that sort of mentality away will come a long way. And I think that's when people will start saying words that are offensive um, when you stop trying to describe someone based on an identity. Well, and I think the biggest thing is like, who's to say the players next time, if they don't bring it down next time, he's a, a referee. Who's to say the players are just going to walk off. They're not going to take the chance. Well, I mean, that would be, or, I'd be okay with that. Walking well, off on them. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah. I get that, but it's like, you know, from, from a soccer aspect, it's like, well, shit, we can't have that. You can't have just people just walking off. That, here's the other thing that could happen is if, the players don't want to walk off because they do want to play. Like, let's be fair. The players want to play the games. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know they don't want to deal with the racism stuff. I a hundred percent agree with that, but they do want to play the games. As soon as that ball goes into, goes anywhere near this referee, if he's in the middle, if he's on the lines, you know, someone's sliding studs up. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. It's going to happen. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's, do you want to risk having to, pay this man's medical bills or do you just not want to have him there? Cause that's, what's going to happen because of insurance. They'll have to pay his medical bills for putting him out on the field and giving people the chance to do that, which yeah. sounds awful. I know that sounds awful, but you know, it's going to happen as a person who's played in sports though. No, <laughs> it's a, 
it's it's one of those at a certain point referees can only do so much yeah. and it has to be it has to be players re- retribution is what it's got to be no i agree i'm, I'm saying it's going to happen i'm saying yeah. it's awful to say because like you never want people to be hurt but you know it's going to happen yeah. and that's just how it is <laughs> as so a previous as, as a previous player i'm all for it to be honest and it's one of those it's just because you're a dirty player. <laughs> I wouldn't say dirty. I I I get Sorry, my physical I, player. I'm a physical player, and I get my retribution when it's needed. So um, or I don't in practice I, when he's bored. Yeah, I don't I don't let the referees take that into a factor. So um, it's just one of those. I, I won't take up any more time, but it's just one. It's it's disappointing, yeah. and we had talked about this previously about trying to get rid of it. Um. Obviously, it's going to take a long time to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. We understand that. Hundred percent. UEFA just can't be empty like the NHL. That's yeah, it. They just need, can't be empty. Well, they because they, they're, there's steps. There's steps to take it, and this is one of the first steps they have to do. They have to start off strong. They can't start off with, well, we did a research and we're just going to suspend it for ten games. Well, so yeah, yeah, that's what the clause here's, here's says. My question: yeah. If you if you suspend him for a year or two and make him go through sensitivity training and, and stuff like that. Do you think the players will accept him being on a sideline again? Maybe, but I think he needs to issue an apology first, like whether it's no, hollow I, or I, not. Issue an, an apology. Question, so no, no, I know. But I think issue that apology, say that I am not a racist. Sure. Just go ahead and say whatever you have to say regarding that, but be like, I apologize for the use of word. I understand that it was incorrect and I, and I am, and I'm sorry for it. And I'm willing to take the steps to come back to the game that I love, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm willing to put through whatever I have to do to to get back onto the side that the people that know me know that I'm not at yeah. that line or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's no apology. There's I didn't do it. So yeah, Kyle, what, do, what about you? Do, what do you think they? Do you think the players would allow that after a year or two plus the training and everything? It's a serious <laughs> question. I'm just curious what your opinion is. Honestly, I I think unless somebody steps up and truly takes charge of this whole anti-racism thing and, and truly is a driving force, I think they will allow it just because I think there's no backbone right now onto what a precedent is and what, what needs to be done. Um, and as soon as there is a backbone of saying, Hey, we're not standing for this, no matter what, if you bring him back, we're not playing. Then I think that's, that's a huge step into what they need. Yeah. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer to that one, really. Like, I think if he goes through the sensitivity training and he can prove somehow that he now understands what he did was wrong, then maybe the players will allow him to be on the sidelines without having to take matters into their own hands. But I don't know if that's going to happen. So, Irfan, your final thought after the five-man um, one from Kyle. <laughs> no, no, it's good. I'm glad we had the talk. Um, my final thought is big shout out to Alex Smith and the Washington football club for a ending the Steelers uh, winning streak of 11 in a row. And now they're 11 wow, and one, to make but, fun of Justin again, but like great on Alex Smith, the, like he's a good quarterback. He's just derailed by injuries. And I'm really happy to see him playing well in a the system. There are five and seven, but playing in a system with Ron Rivera, I, I think is done wonders for him. I'm really happy to see him succeed um, and really happy to see him healthy. So big shout out to him and, and the football club. He is four and one as a starter, by the way. 
I was going to say, he's, he's playing pretty well this year. Yeah. Well, a lot, he's a lot a to prove because he's a very good quarterback. And I think if he wasn't hurt, um, he'd be in the top. But a lot of their losses came before he was uh Yeah, I just looked at their collective. Involved. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, he's the comeback story is incredible. I was talking to Donovan Bennett um, a couple weeks ago, and he says the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award needs to be renamed the Alex Smith Award because you will never find a story like Alex Smith's again to the extent that it is like this guy was not just fighting to come back into the NFL at one point he was fighting for his leg and his life Mm -hmm. in those surgeries he had 17 surgeries on the same leg in the span of like 10 months and this guy's now back taking hits from NFL linemen like absolutely insane he deserves all credit and if he doesn't win the NFL comeback player of the year people are in the head Mm mm-hmm easy as that uh my final thought big 10 decided to change the rules and allow ohio state to play in the in the conference championship game as a michigan fan i don't like the fact that ohio state's in the conference championship game but as a fan of the game i think it was the right decision because ohio state is the best team in the big 10 and i want them to play against i think they're playing northwestern right yeah yeah so play i want them to play against northwestern in the conference championship because i think it will be a decent football game if Northwestern could keep it close in the first quarter and a bit, I think that actually could be a very fun game to watch. Um, but either way, I think it's good for the conference to have Ohio State in the conference championship. Kyle, I, I know you're a college fan, so your thoughts, I'm assuming, are pretty similar to mine. Yeah, to be honest, like the biggest thing is they are deserving to be there. Um, it will honestly come down to if, say, a, a Clemson or Nordim gets knocked out. But one with, of them has to lose, right? You know, no, I know, but it, it's, it's one of those. If one of those gets knocked out, then it's going to come down to they're going to they're going to call. Well, they've only played five games or six games, I guess, to include the championship. It's like one of those like, are they really not deserving, and so on and so forth. It's going to be an issue in that aspect. But I, I, I they're a top team. I, I want them in the playoffs. I, I think it'd be um, not as good of a playoff potential if they weren't in there. Yeah. So. Um, well, the thing is, they are in there right now. No, no, I know. Which is ridiculous, saying, but, by the way. But that's a whole. We've already talked but, about how messed up. The- <laughs> but if they if they didn't play that sixth game, they wouldn't have been in the top four because they wouldn't. Have, they I still wouldn't think have they would have. And I think the problem is, is that the college football playoff committee made their stance known this week and this year because this was the year. If there was ever a year for a non-power five team to make the playoffs, it was this year. Well, the only thing is, if, if Ohio State didn't get that sixth game off, I think they would have bowed out to either Texas A&M or Florida. I think I think that's how it would have went went down. Um, just just with how how good those teams have been, Florida is eight and one, and their only loss is to Texas A&M. If, if, right. Okay. But here's here's the next question: Clemson loses to Notre Dame, which I'm sure you would love to see. Mm-hmm. Clemson's now a two loss team. Yeah, like do they stay ahead of Ohio State even if they don't play that sixth game? No, there's no way. No, I think I think everybody's kind of under the assumption that right now it's going to be uh, Alabama one, Clemson two, or three, Ohio State two or three, and then Notre Dame at four because everybody believes Notre Dame is going to lose to Clemson in right. the ACC. I was just using that as a hypothetical though. Um, if if Notre Dame does pull it out, which obviously I do think there's a chance. Then it truly complicates things um, as to 
is A&M or Florida more, more deserving. So I still think it's a mess. The fact that Cincinnati is not in the top five. I get that they don't play as good of a schedule as the SEC, but come on. That team is undefeated and have looked good all year. It's a joke mm-hmm. that they are not top five. I'm not saying that they should be top four in the playoff spot, but they should be the next team in. Absolute mess. What did I tell you about that Coastal Carolina? They're not going to jump that high? Yeah. No, I I, I, got, I got understood what you were saying last week. I was just hoping that people would give them the credit that I thought they deserved. But it's the standings, and we've already talked about how messy these standings mm-hmm. are. Right, Irfan? Yeah, but so I have a question for you guys. Did they eliminate this rule because Ohio State wasn't going to get to that next yes. game? Yes. Okay. So, yes, it's 100% favoritism, 100%. There's no other well, way around it. It's favoritism, but at the same time, it's probably the right decision because Ohio State's been the best team in the conference the entire Agreed, year. Agreed, but guys, to be fair, though, if you're a team that's been – whacking away and actually getting a chance to play your six games like how would you feel if um like i get ohio state's a very good football team they have a great program and we know this but come on like i I, there's other teams that i I said this last time i think there's other teams that should get the opportunity to play but here's Um, the thing the team that would have gone through from their division would have been indiana who ohio state just beat didn't they uh yeah they beat him by a touchdown and but they just beat them and yeah, and barely held on, too. It was one of those. But my point um, is, they just beat the team that would have gone to the conference championship from their division, and they are still undefeated. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's not really fair to Ohio State because they're beating the number one team. Like, that's where that's where the draw that you draw the line is yeah, compared to that. But if, fair, you, fair, but if but the I, rules eliminated just to favor the team that might just play five games in the season, that's another thing. But, but the other thing is that it's not as if Indiana was going to be considered for a, a, a playoff spot. They were never going to be considered for one. I'm not saying that they. I'm not saying yeah. that they would be considered for like a college football playoff spot. None of the other teams in the Big Ten would be at this point. No. But the yeah. only the only re- two realistic ones that have a chance to jump into the playoffs are are Texas A&M and Florida. Those are the only two teams. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but which games were canceled for Ohio State this year? I know the Michigan one, obviously, this coming week, which isn't Ohio State's fault. No. Were any of them Ohio week. State's fault, or were they all the other team's fault? I, I know at least one of them wasn't their their fault as well. Uh, they canceled the Maryland game. Which was Maryland's fault. Uh, Illinois, which was Ohio State's fault. Okay, so the, Ohio, the, the Illinois game yeah. was the only one that was Ohio State's fault. So they should have been able to play seven games. Sure, yeah. Right? So in their defense... They're missing two games because other schools had too many positive COVID cases. Right. Fair. Right. So to to bend the rule a little bit for this, I'm not as I'm not as upset. Again, I'm a Michigan fan saying this. I don't want Ohio State to win anything, but as a Big Ten person, like I understand it. It makes sense. Yeah. Does that answer your question, Rafon? <laughs> yeah, I still think it's a it's a load of favoritism. But I mean, we also talked about that with the standings and the way people vote. So. Well, that'll do it. Those were some long final thoughts, boys, but I think they were all good conversations, so I'm okay with that. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Garage Door Sport, or you can follow each of us individually. If you're looking for Kyle, it's at Kyle Vardy, V-A-R-T-Y. If you're looking for Irfan, it's at Irfan Manji, M-A-N-J-I, because you guys couldn't have the same last letter. Uh, if you're looking for myself, it's at Nick McVicker. Good luck trying to spell that, because apparently everyone spells it wrong. 
And <laughs> if you're looking for us on Instagram, it's the same accounts for us individually, but it's at Garage Door Sports with an S. Make sure you check out the website to follow all of our podcasts. We got five on there, more possibly coming. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. As we uh, expand the network every every uh, chance we can. Um, anyways, for the two boys, I want to thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace.